Hello, everyone. Welcome to Seek Go Create. This is your host, Tim Winders, coming to you from the passenger seat of Theo. This is where we redefine success. We talk about leadership, business, ministry. Today, we're going to be talking, though, about us, we, you, me, the individual, and what we can do to build upon our God-given gifted strengths that we have and use the way we were created to maximize our lives and live to our full potential. I'm excited about that. I love this topic. You know, I come from a school, a little bit old school, where we used to kind of get beat up with, you know, improve your weaknesses, you know, your strengths. Yeah, that's okay. And man, we're going to bust that up today. So I'll get to the guest in just a moment. But uh, before we get to our guest, I just want to encourage you, depending on when you're listening to this, uh, probably maybe the tail end of the year, beginning of the year, get ready for the best year you've ever had. I tell you, this is the time to really put some great things together. And all that we try to do here at Seek Go Create is about equipping you to really be the best you can do. That's what I usually wrap up the podcast with. But I just want to encourage you to be fully engaged today because today I believe that you're going to get a valuable key that will unlock some greatness that's been inside of you for a while but you just haven't recognized it. Others haven't recognized it. And today, listening in on this, I think that could be your your day. So anyway, glad you're here. Welcome. Uh, today, we have Eddie Villa as our guest. And uh, Eddie's a business and marketing coach, as well as a Gallup certified strengths coach. And let me just say this, uh, for those that have been married, you know, you know the deal with this. We have to listen to our wives. My wife came to me a while back and says, Tim, you've got to meet this guy. And then, Tim, you've got to have this guy on the podcast. Tim, this is a guy that y'all are going to really gel and you're going to have fun. So I have listened to my wife and I have studied some things that Eddie's doing. He and I are talking for the first time today. I've watched some of his seminars and things like that. But Eddie, welcome to Seek Go Create. Great to have you. Thank you. It's uh, it's an honor to be here, Tim. Yeah. I appreciate that, and I and I appreciate the the kinship of listening to our wives. I, you know, it was the greatest thing I ever did. <laughs> well, so I'm with you on that. You know, if there's like a, a tip, you know, tips 101 as far as being successful, that would probably be it in my book. So everything else yeah. is just uh, uh, gravy as far as that goes. But uh, Eddie, let me ask you this before we get too far, too much farther into this. Uh, we're going to go deep into strengths. We're going to talk about a lot of uh, I'm going to talk about personality profiles and compare them to the one that you're you've got expertise in and things like that. But before we get too far uh, let's just pretend, and we kind of have, that we've just met, and I just kind of casually ask you, Eddie, what do you do? What do you typically tell people? Uh, Why? Well, I, I, like, I like being honest and real. You know, I, I want people to know right out the gate that I come from a very painful and flawed background. So I, I always tell people what I would tell you is that I've spent most of my life trying to do things and make other people happy. And um, it never worked really for me. I've, I've been fired from many jobs and ultimately led to me not really liking me. So what do I, what I do is I teach other people how to be who they are, to generate their own income and to be, and to base it all on what they are already good at and to help people embrace the fact that it's true that they can do that. So that's what I do. I help people do things authentically <laughs> uh, in that way, because I know what it feels like to not like myself. You know, I know what it's like to, to worry that I'm not enough. 
And um, so I, I help people learn through, you know, through build, through building a business, a family, whatever, to believe in themselves. So mm. there you go. That's what I do. So let me dig a little bit deeper into that. What's it like? Sure. And I do know what it's like, but I'm going to ask you, what's it like trying to be who you are not? Let's go ahead. I, I think oh, this is, I think yeah. there's people listening in going, oof, let's talk about that. So, you know, I, I think, I think most of us, and I would say, I'd say good, like a good portion of people and, and, and myself included want people around us to be happy. Like we want people to, you know, to be, you know, in some sort of alignment some sort of flow. And so for me, one of, one of my strengths is a strength called strategic, which I didn't know I had until after I took the assessment, but basically it's like, I would look at how people operate and interact the ones that I cared about most. And I'm seeing how if they could make this adjustment or that adjustment, then then everything would go really well for them. And so I would try to help them do that. Um, and then then I would, you know, interject myself constantly. And then when I realized that no one wanted to hear that, shocking, right? That nobody wants to hear your advice, especially when it's unsolicited. Um, I started to feel like whatever it is I was seeing or thinking or feeling or experiencing myself was like uh, it was a mistake and it started to feel like maybe I was the mistake. And so the harder and harder I tried to help people get what I thought they wanted, the less like I was actually doing it. In fact, I was pushing people away, causing uh, for me, it felt like I was causing people to reject me. And it, it actually created like for me, a sensitivity to rejection. Like I, when I got fired, um, I've been fired many times in my life, but after I became a father, and then I started having kids. I was trying not to get fired. I was trying really hard to make my bosses happy. And, and this one particular company I worked for, I worked for them for seven years. And during that time I was promoted five times and I got good at it until I realized, and this is the nightmare of making people happy, Tim. After seven years of working with this particular company, I spent all of my time trying to help them get what they wanted and completely ignored what I wanted personally. And so my job, became about serving other people's needs. So to answer your question in, in a long way, I guess, uh, would be to say, to, to try to make other people happy is a, I would say, a commitment to misery. Mm. Um, because I'm never going to be happy that way. And I, I don't see how any of us could be, you know, if we're consciously trying to make other people happy. So, Eddie, so that's it. Yeah, right now, I mean, it's kind of been in the news and, you know, sometimes we don't like to timestamp these episodes, but, uh, you yeah. know, coming out of a pandemic and all these things going on there, there any statistics will show that 40 up to 80 percent, I've heard, of people that are working in situations are either sort of passively or actively looking for another job or wanting to quit their job or wanting to do something else. Yeah. And to me, I believe the root of it is what you just said. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. You, you feel it, you know, especially when you work, like for me, the goal was to find a job that was steady and stable and, and dependable. Well, the best one to do that is with a large corporation and in the large corporation is the easiest place to lose your identity. So, yeah. Well, we feel it. So, so my story, I came out of Georgia Tech. I was an engineer. I don't think I was supposed to be an engineer, but I got a degree in engineering, went to work for a large corporation, Bell South, and w was married or about to be married, very similar to what you were talking about. And almost like day one, 
I was trying to figure out a way to get out of that job. <laughs> Literally, I recognized that I did not function well with a boss in a corporate structure with someone telling me what to do, uh, you know, sort of punching the clock, not really, but uh, it was almost like immediately, and I didn't know it at the time because of my spiritual background then, but now I recognize it was eating away at my soul and literally just causing, and we don't shy away from that conversation here on, on Seek, Go, Create either. Uh, we believe that we're, you know, spirit, soul, and body, so we have spiritual discussions too, but I think it just eats awesome. away with people, and people just hollow-eyed. Here's what it reminds me of, Eddie. I think we have this here in these quote-unquote free countries like the U.S., but back in about 96, I went over, we actually, we, we were involved with uh, uh, network marketing. I know you've got some background in that area too, multi-level marketing business. We actually were involved with the Amway business, and that's what freed me up for my corporate job. And then I was traveling and taking that business overseas, and I actually was speaking to a group in Romania shortly after the wall came down there. And Eddie, wow. I, I remember looking out and just seeing, first of all, everything was gray, and there was no life in the eyes of these 200 people that mm. were out there. And to wow. me, what you're saying is like that. It's almost just like sucking the life out of people. And, yeah. and it's really, man, it's discouraging. So, so tell us what snapped you out of it, because usually there's some type of an event or something happens or somebody <laughs> just slaps you in the face. What happened? <laughs> what happened? Well, I, you know, for me, um, it was definitely an event. In fact, I, I, I've written a book uh, called Unleash Your Strengths, but I, I've just finished my second book where I tell this story about what happened. Um, to, to sum it up be as quickly as possible, the, you know, every day when you go to work, you have these instincts and these feelings of how a thing should or shouldn't be done. And you really feel like passionate about that. But if you feel like no one's going to care or want to hear that, then you have to shut it down. You have to stifle it. You have to put it away and lock it up. And, and that's, that's the, ultimately, that's the death that you're talking about. It's almost like stabbing the, the instinct. Uh, but what happened for me was I was I was realizing after my fifth promotion with this company uh, that I was working all the time. And I was and, and what I love about what I love about what I do now versus what I did then is that, you know, every every um, everything I do, everything every month, you know, carries on to the next month and the next month versus then I could have the greatest month in the world. And the next month, it means nothing. Right. Day on, on, on the first of the month, whatever you did last month means nothing unless you failed, in which case you had better pick it up this month. Right. So living a life like that. And then, you know, and, and so everyone get a picture of this. I worked in the apartment management industry with the largest real estate company in California. And my life was like trying to make things as efficient as possible. So I lived on the property I managed. And I was, uh, uh, at the time, I was the leasing manager of about 1,400 units. My job was to drive sales. And so um, I was always working. And then my, our apartment, three-bedroom apartment with my kids, we, at the time we had five kids, was, you know, just a, a, like a little five-minute walk away from my office. So I had my office and my apartment, right? My family and my work right in the same place so that I can get home as quickly as possible. So what happened was I, I discovered this little patch of grass on our, our community. It was just an, is this a nice little empty area with a bench. And every day I would come out of my office and I would look at that bench and I'd go, wow, how nice it would be just to sit down. 
and breathe. This is one of the reasons why so many of us want to get out, but we don't even have the time to like figure out what we want to do or even believe in ourselves or develop a talent or a skill that, that could give us the strength to walk away. Right. And that's what that little patch of grass meant for me was maybe I could sit there and breathe and think about what I would rather be doing than what I'm doing now. And then I would get home and the responsibilities to be a dad would instantly begin because I'd been gone all day. And so it's like, I had the same kind of feeling there. How do I make my family happy? And then I would pass the patch of grass and then I'd come to work and how do I make my bosses happy? And then I pass the patch of grass and I kind of go, that patch of grass is where me making me happy is. And I had this big fear of stopping in that patch of grass because what if my family came out and said, why is dad sitting there when he could be at home and he's been gone all day? And then I would worry that one of my employees would walk by and go, why is this guy lazy right here when he should be in his office working? So I couldn't even freaking stop there. So I wrote this, this book, um, which I'm calling Unleashed, uh, Fire Twice, Freedom Forever, where I'm talking about that, like that, that patch of grass kind of broke the cycle. And, um, and what happened afterwards was uh, an inevitable result of the, <clears throat> of the inability to keep doing it, but without being able to stop it. I began to have these like weird little things would go wrong. Um, like I would make rookie mistakes at work and the rookie mistakes got to be too much for the company to bear. And I started, I went from getting promoted all the time to get written up all the time. And then eventually I was fired. Like it just, I, I, my soul couldn't fake it anymore. You know, it's almost like I tried to make it so that my life would be in that patch of grass for once. Um, and the sabotage began. So that if I, if I could say it was one thing, it was discovering that patch of grass. Mm. You know that the analogy there, the patch of grass is so cool because myself, I can sit here and think of times that there's been a patch of grass that has been pulling me. I think anybody listening would say there's a patch of grass. And so we may play off that as we go through out here, because I, I, I think that patch of grass represents what you're created for, what you're designed for, uh, yes. you know, from the beginning is what God brought you into this earth for. And it's what all of us are moving towards or attempting to. And the longer we stay away from it, the more damaging it can be for us. And, you know, for you, you know, it, it sounds like it was a loss of job, which is devastating. But for a lot of folks, it's health issues, it's stress, it's strain. It's I think it's extremely stressful to be outside of whatever you were created to be. I mean, that, yeah. that's like, you know, gut wrenching and all. So. Um, all right. So so you had that patch of grass. How did you get to? Are you there yet? Are you at the patch, patch of grass? You're there. You seem like you're there. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, and my family's there. This is what's wonderful about it. My family's there and they're happy there. But it has nothing to do with me trying to consciously make them happy. Well, they're happy there because you know, you're I, there, because you're, you're, yeah, you're dad's there. Exactly. So the family. Me, like there. actually me, like who I really am, not the guy who was trying to make them happy and everybody else happy. It was just, it's me who is genuinely happy, genuinely fulfilled with what I do. And, and having uh, an access to unlimited amount of income, relationships, health, all those things, uh, because I'm just being me. And what I love about what it's like to live in that patch of grass is my kids feel like that's the best place for dad to be. 
And so that's where they want to be for themselves. That's cool. All right, right. So one quick thing you brought up, though, because this is what goes through a lot of people's minds. So let's go ahead and address this uh, elephant on the patch of grass right now. <laughs> you brought up income and you brought yeah. up that every time you walk by it, you said, I'm going to feel guilty if I sit there on that bench on that patch of grass because I need to provide for my family. That's a great thing that goes through people or something that goes through people's mind people that work for you or with you are going to go look our, our boss the guy we're working with he's sitting out there on that bench what's up with him so there's this guilt there's this i'm not going to be able to make money but you just brought you just said you've got income that's flowing in because you're now on that patch of grass give somebody some encouragement that that income almost is removed from the equation when you start getting around that path. It's my observation. Maybe it's not yours, but yeah. what happens with the money piece when you get to that patch of grass? I'm going to use that too, by the way, we're going to talk about that. Here. You bet. Um, so um, what, like for, in other words, how can I generate an income in the patch of grass? Yeah, because how did, how did you make the transition? You got fired. You told us earlier. You oh, got it's, fired. It's, that's, that's the worst part. That's like the most painful part. So I got fired and I, and like, I, like a total trauma response without even re- like really acknowledging it. I just did what I'm supposed to do. Just go get another job. And I got another job in Utah. We moved the whole family in Utah in just a couple of days. And then I started working for a different company doing the exact same thing with the same mindset. And then I was fired again in 30 days. So to help understand this income thing, I remember walking home with a box of my things because I didn't have the guts to call my wife to tell her to pick, to pick me up. We only had one car and we had just moved to a whole new state and like knew nobody. Right. So I'm, as I'm walking home and this is the income part that uh, I don't, I'm to answer your question, I'm thinking the worst part about this is not that I've been fired and that I have to find another job. Cause that's actually the easiest part. Of course I could find another job, but why would I keep doing this to myself? It, it appears to me the most, for me, the most unstable income source is to work for someone else. That was what I discovered on that walk home. And then the question that I should have been asking all along is how can I generate an income just by relying on myself? Because I know that if I'm doing something that I am personally passionate about and called to do, then I'll wake up every morning with joy to do it. And money becomes, I, I mean, it's weird to say this, becomes like so effortless and easy that I don't even care about it anymore. Where it used to be a stressful thing, worrying about whether or not we have enough money and saving, going to the store and making sure that we stay on budget so that when we go to the register, and you've all felt this, where you're the, 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 you know, the person scanning the food and you're praying that it doesn't go over the budget, you know, because it's so embarrassing to say, can we put this back? Can we put this back? You know, could we, I would spend my whole life like that. And so since then, this was, you know, this was back in 2011, right? And it's 21 now, it's like 10 years ago. Um, that was my mindset back then. Now, now that I understand like how to leverage the internet and how to work in network marketing and other things where it's just based on me getting clear about what a passion is for me, um, looking at it now, you know, that was the question I should have been asking all along is not what happens if I lose my job. It's like, what greatness can come? What options do I now have if I wasn't working for someone anymore? These are better questions to ask uh, for myself. 
Yeah, those are good questions. And, and, and I think it's what goes through a lot of people's minds when they start thinking about, and there's a mantra that's kind of, uh, I'm not sure that it's always correct. Maybe we can kind of adjust it here. And that is okay. find something you love and do it and get paid for it. And yeah. I mean, listen, I love, I used to joke about this. I love sitting around and watching cartoons. I, I, I don't really, but that it sounds good. And, but I don't, I don't know, I don't know that's a way to make money or anything. I mean, some people love sitting around watching sports. And my wife and I always joke, people talk People sports. make money with weirder things, man. It's okay. They do. But to me, I think the bridge that we need to move towards here is it's not find something you love. It's find what the strengths are that you have and were created for. That's yeah. what happens on that patch of grass. Correct. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Um, you know, the, the patch of grass it, to me was like a doorway to something I didn't know about me, but longed for. Mm. And I felt like if I could go through that gateway, that doorway, whatever that looks like physically, right? If I could go through that doorway, then I will discover what my talents and strengths are. Um, so to, to answer your question, yes, I would say absolutely. It's in there. You know, we all have it. I mean, we are like one of the things I lo love about the Gallup Strengths Assessment is shows that we are infinitely unique. Right. We are something that's never occurred or ever will occur again. And then you take that with our strengths and, our, and we combine it with our infinitely unique combination of daily experiences. Right. So we have something that no one else could ever or will ever be able to produce or create or give perspective on. To me, I wanted to know what that was and how could I how could I just spend my whole life doing that? Um, that's to me like, oh, that would be fun. Right. Imagine that waking up every morning excited. Yeah. What a great concept, man. <laughs> that's, awesome. the, that's the way it should be. So, all right. So Eddie, so, so. so somewhere along the way there, 10 years ago, plus or whatever, you mm -hmm. were introduced to the Gallup Strengths, which has been around for a while, powerful yeah. tool. And obviously it unleashed, I'm using the reference to the unleashed here. I've got your book. I read it the other night. So you unleashed yeah. some things inside you kind of tell a little bit of how you were exposed to that um, as opposed to, uh, we won't, we're not going to bash a lot of the other profiles and other things like that. I may mention that. Just oh, a moment. great. Fine. But, totally fine. But the strengths have some power to them. So uh, how'd you get introduced to it and why did it resonate so much with you? Um, so this is actually kind of a funny story. When you do network marketing, it's impossible to not get a lot of self-development tools pushed into your way, Right. And thankfully, I was already into that. At the time that I got introduced to, to strengths, I had finally started to do some self-development on myself because I needed it so bad. Like I really needed to start loving who I am, Tim. You know, all these stupid things I've done in my life it just piled up to the point where I just hated me. And so I spent like two years of my life trying to fix that through a lot of things, which I will have to cut the story on that. But when I got introduced to strengths, I was on my upward, you know, travelers. But like maybe like you or anybody else, when I got introduced to the assessment, I rolled my eyes because I'm just like, how many of these assessments do I have to take to do network marketing? How many personality tests do I have to take to, you know, to develop myself? I hated the whole concept. And the reason why I hated it was because I felt like personality tests, tests grouped me. And I never believed I belonged to a group, right? Like, like you can see my office here, I've got a bunch of Star Wars stuff, right? 
and and I got you know a guitar and books and like what group does that belong to right there's just not a group for that I'm a group of one if you will that I can move in any group but when I went to the training on strengths I learned that strengths is about specifically finding out what is unique about you that's what excited me and for the first time in my life I saw there could be a place where I could learn what is unique about me and only be that that was was so attractive to learn who I am what makes me unique and different and to like be able to use it and articulate it and um and and know that it's a good thing so the way I went about it is uh, you you probably read in my book but I'll, I'll go quick on this I spent a year of my life talking to thousands of people I called it coaching so that they would work with me because I was already coaching people at that time. Um, but I did it for free and I just needed to know how this thing worked. Uh, but the byproduct of that was I was learning things about strengths that Gallup wasn't talking about. Uh, and so that's when the obsession really took over because I was seeing results. I was seeing how I was helping people love who they are and get results. And that was helping me love who I am and get results. So when I got introduced to strengths, it was uh, March of 2018, and we're recording this now at the end of 2021, and I haven't gone a day without talking about it, coaching it, training it, breaking down someone's strengths report. I'm obsessed. It, this is just the, the greatest thing ever to me. Um, and the wonderful thing, the even special thing about it is that it's personalized. It's my way of looking at strengths. Uh, the things that I teach about strengths is not things you would find on Gallup's website or any other coachings. This is something that is very unique to my own perspective that's making a difference for people. Tim, I found the patch. I found what the patch of grass was supposed to lead me towards. Yeah, I'll have to say that uh, might have been a couple nights ago. Uh, my wife Glory had one of your um, uh, one of your webinars on, and I was watching uh, watching it. And I'll tell you that you um, there was a, a lady that kind of shared her profile, and and you know you. Gosh, in such a, I, I think the word I used with Glory was such in a compassionate and loving way, reached down and just helped her see what those strengths were in a way that no one ever has. And I, I, I thought that was beautiful. And so uh, I do agree that you have found that patch of grass. I, I do want to say one thing that's interesting. Um, We've in, we've interviewed on the show, I think it released in June of 2020, maybe Benjamin Hardy, who wrote a book on personality isn't permanent. And he was pretty much, uh, pretty much saying, be cautious of all these personality. You got the book behind you there, all these personality <laughs> profiles. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I have been doing this, uh, you know, in leadership and, and training and coaching, since longer than I would care to remember, I'm, I don't I don't look as old as I really am. Um, that uh, I remember doing disc profiles. You know, Myers Briggs been around, Enneagram super popular, and all of that. And I I want to say this kind of early on is that I think all those have value, but to me they're they're missing something when they're going to just that personality piece of it. Mm. And, I, and I think it goes back to what you said. They're really trying to group people right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're trying to be efficient. That's what we are as human beings to be efficient, to take things as complex as a human being and make it simple, mm. right? We've been doing it since we were born because our parents taught us how to do it because they've been doing it since they were born, you know, and 
So when you look at a person, you see what they do and boom, you want to group them and then that's it done. I don't have to think about it anymore. Um, but what I'm learning is that it's, it's not just about personality. It's about what we care about most and then how we go about doing things to honor that. That is as uh, complex and unique as our thumbprint. Yeah. And another thing you said that I, I just want to acknowledge, because I'm in total agreement with this, the biggest growth that I've ever had in my life is being a part of a, a network marketing business because I'm forced to look at myself and be the best I can be. And listen, I know yeah. we've got listeners that might be participating in that and a lot that may not, some people, whatever. I mean, but I will say, I've always said, I wish that there was a way that everyone could experience the personal development that's within organizations that do network marketing. Quick thoughts on that before we move on to strengths and weaknesses and things like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm an influencer by, by nature. Uh, you know, you'll, we, we've talked about this in strengths and whatnot. And when it comes to influencer and strengths, it's people who are energized by moving people forward. The truth is, I wish this was had nothing to do with building a network marketing business or any business. It's just, here's this is what I was designed and created by God to be. And, 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 it, and it feels true. I and mean, it is true because it feels so true. So I, to, to tell you, I wish it had nothing to do with uh, internet businesses or marketing or whatever. It was just how to be a better mom or a better husband or a better brother or a better church leader or whatever, whatever it is you feel called to do. Turtle wrangler. I don't know. <laughs> Cowboy, whatever it is. Yeah. Something <laughs> whatever. like that. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I totally agree with you. I do wish that there was that mechanism that people would drive to that personal development, identifying, you know, what their strengths are in other re arenas, but, uh, but it is powerful within that, uh, within that arena. So, all right, Eddie, let's shift a little bit because what I really want to do is to, uh, kind of get into some of the skill sets that I saw you do. I've seen it, you know, I've got your books and workbook here. And so okay. I, I want, I want to get, I guess, core level base level here. And I want to hear you tell us why, it's important to focus on our strengths and not our weaknesses because some of us are of the age where we were told you need to work on your weaknesses. And I know there are people that have been hammered with their weaknesses all their lives. So why is it so important to focus on strengths? Uh, well, I gotta, I've got to defer just a little bit to Don Clifton on this one. This was, uh, he was the creator of strengths, um, or maybe I would say the discoverer of strengths, right? In the same way Ben Franklin discovered lightning, I think Don Clifton discovered strengths. And what uh, his, his feeling was, is what much, much like mine was, I, he felt exhausted by the fact that school systems and, and employment systems are all about developing weaknesses instead of leveraging what we're already good at. The common belief is we have to be everything. That is what well-balanced is. I've got to be compassionate and structured at the same time. I have to be emotional and um, inspirational. It's like, like how, like I don't, I, I don't know if you, by you, Tim, but I've never met a person who who just passionately loves advanced calculus, and then at the same time is can can sense the feelings and emotions and even care about the emotions of a human being, right? These are very contrasting types of things. Maybe there are people that can do it. It's extremely rare, as you can see, right? And so when we think about it, then 
what we were meant to do is serve a certain need. And in serving that need, we then do everything but our way. Uh, just to keep it simple on this, uh, I am not what I would what I would describe in, in Clifton Strengths as well. I wouldn't describe myself as a relationship builder. I am not energized by just making friends, but what I am energized by is by doing things with people who want to inspire other people, much like yourself. And through that desire to make a difference in the world and connect and uh, sorry, make a difference in the world and move people forward, I end up connecting and being very relationship-based. Uh, and so I end up building the best friendships ever because I'm doing it with that focus. And then I learned, wow, through those friendships, I'm highly productive, even though that's not an energizer for me. Like to make a list and get stuff done is not an energizer. In fact, that'll want me make me want to sleep. But you know what I mean? So these kind of things. So I, I learned that by focusing on myself, I do everything my way. And then it gives me space to bring other people into my world because I believe this is what we were meant to do. I believe we were meant to work with other people. We were not meant to do things on our own. And, and I know that for a fact, because for me to worry about what everyone's thinking or feeling is a constant de-energizer. Mm. You, you know, I, right? I, I think the, the cool thing about what you're talking about is that within our school systems, within most of what we see in the world, we're kind of taught to be everything for everybody, to, like you talked about earlier, be something that you're not created to be. And I think what that does is it, it, it takes away the way God created us. We have, so this is going to be kind of interesting here in a little while. I'm going to share my, my strengths and you and I actually may be more similar than different. We'll find that out here in just a moment. But, but I, I do think that we're a tapestry and the beauty of the world is when people come together and say, Hey, I've got this strength. You've got this strength. You know, this person has this strength. Let's come together and let's do something. And unfortunately, I think we've been kind of told if it is to be, it's up to me. I'm supposed to do it all by myself. And so yeah. that means I've got to make all of these flaws, these weaknesses work. And man, so uh, so you you've interacted with a lot of people and you've exposed them to their strengths. Maybe before we do that, though. I think most people probably know the now the Clifton's, but it used to be the Gallup strengths. Why don't you give us a little overview of that, the history of it, so people know kind of what that is. And then I, I want to get into your unique talents within that uh, framework because I've seen what you do and it's powerful. So, but give us an overview of that, that Clifton strengths before we get too much farther. So what um, maybe even what sets Clifton Strengths apart from most uh, other assessments is that it's based on research from a massive amount of people. Um, one of the things I, I could always say about Gallup, they, they are the best in the entire world at telling you what the world is doing or thinking or feeling. Uh, you know, Gallup can actually pull millions of people right here, right now. And that's incredible to be able to do that, right? And so what they did was they pulled uh, a little over 2 million people in order to, and I'm summing up a lot here, in order to eventually come to discover that we have 34 unique talents and strengths in a specific order that shows ours, like what is basically identifying how we love to do everything and what we care about most. 
Like that, that would be my best way to sum up something as complex as this. Um, and that's, that's where it began. And so when you take the assessment, uh, you have to answer about 177 questions. And what's great about this is even if you flub like 30 or 40 of them, you're still going to get an accurate assessment, which is really relaxing, right? So tell people, because when you're answering the questions, they don't, you don't get time. You have to go off your gut, which a lot of people, some people don't like making decisions that way, right? Um, anyway, so then when you get your strengths assessment, it shows what your strengths are in order from one through 34. The, your number one strength would be your highest energy strength with lowest amount of resistance, like you're most excited to do things that way. And then your 34th strength has the lowest amount of energy and the most amount of resistance, which is where you are, what I would say is called de-energized. So if you try to do th something with that strength, it would be the opposite of what you're trying to create. Okay, so there you go. All right. So, uh, so, and, and I know that there's so much that sets that apart, but, and again, we don't want to necessarily say anything negative about Myers-Briggs disc and all these kind of things, but, but they have their value. They're really, they actually, what I love about other assessments is they all blend nicely with strengths. And, and I think that's because strengths is so, you know, accurate when it comes to the uniqueness of a human being. Sure. My thought is, so we don't really have to. My, uh, what I love about this is I think that foundation should be strengths and you could layer some of the others on top. I don't necessarily like taking some of the others and I'll, I'll tell you exactly what I found, Eddie. I'll go ahead and share this. I used to, I was with the Bell South Leadership Institute for years and we used to give disc profiles to managers and people in corporate environments. And, and then I yeah. did that privately and people like me, who was a high D at one point, before I shifted to an influence, I would wear that with a badge of honor and start beating my chest when I found out that I was a D in the room. And I would also find people, <laughs> Eddie, I would also see people when they were grouped into a certain thing, they would kind of slump down in their chair a little bit because it wasn't perceived <laughs> as, as, as valuable in that corporate setting as a hard charger type A D personality. And it started distressing me. It really bothered me to see people do that. It wasn't focused on that individual. And so, um, so anyway, all right, so we've done that. So now let's shift. And uh, at the root of this, there's that weakness. You know, we're not necessarily going to identify all these weaknesses and, you know, go to courses and learn how to do this to, you know, improve upon our weaknesses. We're going to focus on strengths. So talk about that and, and why that is so powerful. Um, to put it simply, I would tell the person who's listening to this, think about what it is you want to accomplish, um, whether it's make more money or maybe improve your marriage, become a better parent, better employee, maybe start a business, whatever. You think about what you, um, what you feel called to do. And then there's two different um, responses after that. Either you're going to be encouraged and you'll feel like, oh my gosh, I can totally do that because it's clear to me how being who I am will help me do that. The other one is more common, which is they we compare ourselves to other people who have done those things, maybe people that have inspired us to do those things. And we immediately say to ourselves, well, if that's what I have to be in order to be successful, then I don't think this is going to work because I can't do that right? Like no matter what it is, get up on stage or be structured or care about people or whatever, 
or even like be super like uh, uh, knowledgeable or nerdy, right? About information. It's always one of those four or maybe two of those four, you know, being someone who's highly inspiring or, and can talk like myself, right? I, you can tell I have no problem with that. Uh, or, or being someone who is really structured and puts things down and just boom, 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 like robotic, you know, or somebody who is inspired by learning and going on deep dives of information and then being able to take complex things and explain them. Or you just have to be someone who just feels the feelings of others and can emotionally connect. What a daunting thing it would be to have to be all of those things. Like that's, that's, I'll be honest, that's crazy. But we think that way because we were trained that way by telling us we need to develop our weaknesses. Because if I'm really good at relationships and connecting with people, then back in the day would have been like, okay, great. Eddie, you got people, you understand people. Let's stop taking all these communication classes that you're doing in college. And let's work on some math classes, you know, let's work on some science classes. <laughs> let's work on, I have so many communication credits in college. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but, but it's like, let's work on some, uh, let's, let's do some history lessons, you know, let's, let's work on these kinds of things. Let's work on art or structure and things like that. Um, to me, that it's just never going to happen as I could force it, but it sounds like a miserable life for me. So how can I, sell that to another person or let alone one of my children if i myself hate it so anyway the the bottom line there is is the concept of what strengths is is when we think about what we want to do then we think about what we enjoy doing and then learn how to do that one thing in a way that satisfies all the needs of those other things and then even brings in people who are passionate about the things that you're not and you can partner up with them that's the concept mm. that's why we focus on strengths yeah, and what I love about that, I mean, the thing that kind of popped in my mind is it's almost like we're giving people permission to to be what they were created to be. <laughs> Just be what excites them, you yeah, know? What like, excites you? What you're created for? What's your strength? That's such a, <laughs> I mean, it sounds so simple when we say that, but yet it's... It goes it's hard against, to fight that old programming, man. It goes, <laughs> it goes against the grain, which is one of the things I want to ask you, because one of the things you did as you dove into this back in 2018 is yeah. that you said that you interacted with a lot of people and you, you know, you coached and you, you probably went through their profiles and all that. What were some things that I guess surprised you uh, yeah. or shocked you or whatever? I don't know. You could just, what did you really learn? This is simple. This is Big simple picture. Okay. Good. I learned that there is no perfect strength. There is no one strength that works like that is the best strength for you to have. Everybody that's got this strength high, there's a group of people that don't have it high that wish they had it. And then the ones that have it high wish they had what the other people have. Everyone, Tim, every single person I coached and worked with and still work with this day goes, okay, I get that's who I am, but I'm not this. And then I see this other person and they are that. And then I would go to that person and I'd ask them, hey, what, and they'd say, they'd say the same stupid thing. Oh, I can see how what's great about this, but I don't have what they have. And I'm like, both of you are looking at each other's lawns like this, the greatest lawn ever. You know, what is the grass is greener on the other side? It's, it, that was the biggest shocking thing. There is no perfect strength for anything. What I learned was whatever it is you feel called to do, then you already have the talents and the strengths to do it. The only problem is you don't believe it. Mm. Yeah, the and thing, that's what I want to do. Yeah, the, the thing about it's interesting. You you mentioned earlier, you know, being able to compare and 
that's one of the things that happens quite a bit in some of these other profiles is it creates even more comparison. You know, we, we could go down this path of the social media world and things like that makes it so easy yeah. to compare. But it yeah. seems as if, and you tell me if I'm wrong on this, but one of the things that the Strengths Finder does is it really pulls out the uniqueness and you really can't compare yourself to others. I guess you could, but uh, it's pointless. It's pointless, right? Absolutely pointless because there is no one like you and there is no one like the people you're comparing yourself to. Mm. So the, the, to compare yourself to another person is pointless unless there is one exception, which is if that energizes you, if that thrills you to see what another person is doing and be inspired, but then actually go to work. See, there's a, there's a difference between inspired by a person and then inspired by them and actually go to work and do something mm -hmm. for, for people who have the competition strength very high. They can be energized by comparison, but they're the only ones. Everybody else, it's pointless to compare because we're not like that. That's just not who we are. I can't be you, Tim. I can't do what you do. What you do is remarkable, right? I can't do that. I have another type of remarkable and you can't do that which is cool, then it makes them realize, oh my gosh, if we all do something unique and remarkable, then we need each other. Mm. Yeah, I, I love that. All right, before we, uh, there's a couple things I wanted to ask from, uh, from your book, Unleash Your Strengths. We'll, uh, if you want to mention some things about that, we can. But um, you, you talked about, this is the thing that is always intriguing to me, is I think when people are, you know, well-rested, life's going great, all that kind of stuff, we're functioning in <laughs> one way. But then, you know, you brought up things like stress, fatigue, pressure, things like that. And then, and, and maybe the way people respond. See, I actually have this thought that people are more stressed when they're operating outside of who they really are. But then also we do know that there are situations that occur you know, in work or business that kind of causes stress and all that. Talk a little bit about what happens to people with, with their strengths when they're under stress fatigue. I think you've got a chapter about it, but just give us a little, uh, a few little tips or pointers or just ideas related to that. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the simplest explanation is the lack of belief that you're the right one to, to do whatever it is you want to do. You know, it's just that, it, you know, you believe you're the wrong person, but you're, in the situation and you need the problem solved, but you are not the right person to solve it. Um, so what I've learned is that your strengths are unique, your problems aren't. <laughs> Ouch, that hurts. <laughs> They're not. They're not unique. There's at least one person that's ever had that problem, right? So if the problems aren't unique, then then I am the solution. And if we go to every problem or goal or vision or excitement, whatever, with the belief that I am the right person, maybe I don't know yet, but I, I, want, to, I want to do the work to go see it or find out, or I'm just going to believe I'm the right person until I see it actually happen. When we're in the belief that we're not the right people, uh, Simon Sinek talk, talks about it. He calls it the, the cortisol drip, right? The constant fight or flight fluid that flow, flows from our brain into our body. And when you're living, like I was working in the, when, when I was working full-time for another company, constantly believing I wasn't the right person, right? Having to re-audition for my job, I experienced a cortisol drip. It's not shocking that I had high blood pressure issues, or it's not shocking that I had health concerns. You know, it's not shocking that these things were problems because 
not believing I'm the right person is what caused me to, to like be, be sick. And so when we're in our high strengths, we're happy, we're alive, we're, we believe in ourselves, we're, our energy is flowing. We even, we even like our, our body improves, like we actually get healthier, which is a miracle, right? Yeah. But if we doubt ourselves, that's when the misery comes. Mm. When we think our problems have something that nobody has ever had, right? <laughs> we isolate. You know I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We kind of think- We isolate. We become the opposite of who we are. Yeah. We think we're super special. All right. Now, one of the things that you also talk about is leadership. We've got a lot of leaders that listen in and, you know, it's not just about ourselves. It's also about leading others. And you address that. I think it's chapter 15. I made a note here. Uh, you, you know, you talk about, I think there are four things, trust, hope, compassion, and stability. Yeah. But, but how does, I mean, see, there are some people that they think that there's a certain strength that leads to leadership. I don't know. Yeah believe that. We've talked about that a good bit in other episodes. We don't have to go into it here, but I, I believe that everyone is equipped to lead. And, 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 but you yeah. talk about those four words, kind of, kind of give a, a little bit of background and what you address in the book related to being a leader, moving from just, you know, leading yourself to now interacting and leading other people. Yeah. Um, well, first, just quickly on this one, I don't believe there are the right strengths for leadership because I've worked with so many people and I have yet to see a consistent on the strengths of a leader. There are none. I've, I've coached thousands. And I, I'm going to say probably getting into the tens of thousands by now. And I have yet to see where all leaders who are in high level leadership positions having the same combination of strengths. It's not a thing. Right. So pray that everybody lets go of that belief that there is something that they have to be that they're not. Right. Um, when it comes to the trust, hope, compassion and stability, this is based on Gallup research. They've um, they've pulled again uh, over. I think it was over five or 10 million people. I forget what it is. But basically, they just asked people the question is, what is it you're looking for in someone you want to follow or be led by? And out of all the answers, the four that came up the most were I want someone I can trust right? Which is somebody who is consistently being who they are. You can trust a person who consists, who's consistently being who they are because they have a certain, what's called behavioral predictability, right? You can trust people when they're always being them. If they're flip-flopping, it's hard to trust them, right? I.e. politicians. Okay. So then the second one would be um, compassion, right? What compassion is, is, is to stop the belief that who you are everyone must be like, we just like, we need to let go of that. Like the way that we view the world, the way that we see things should or shouldn't happen is the way everyone should. That's not true. It's just how you should. And then you help the other people do the same. That's compassion. It's like, like you had said, when I was on that call, there was a person on that call who does things completely different than I would ever do them. And if I tried to do them their way, it would make me miserable, but it energizes them. That's compassion right? That's a hard thing to do. But if you're a leader that can see that everyone has a valuable way of doing things, boom, you got that. Uh, hope. What I love about hope is hope requires vulnerability. That means that you have to be vulnerable and say, here's where I was a total screw up. And I just tried something and it worked. I'm still a mess in certain areas, but this really worked. 
And by telling people your story and getting good at that, you can create hope and then help people know that their story is just as valid as yours, right? And then stability, the hardest one for people to realize you don't have to be a consistent structured person to show stability. You just need to show up. You just need to, to show up. If you show up every day, you are giving off the, 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 the feeling of stability because you don't go away. You're always there. And those four things is what, we're, what I talk about in my book a lot more in depth. I'm very passionate about teaching those four things because those work. That's what helps people follow us. And that's why we follow certain people because they're showing off those four things. Mm, the reason I love that, Eddie, is because I'm sitting here thinking you brought up politicians, so I'll just kind of go down that path. And this is not one side or the other. This is in general. <laughs> yeah. We see such poor examples uh, of those items and leadership in our world today that I think it causes us to... Uh, not understand what real leadership is. So I loved yeah. that. I'm glad I asked that. And uh, I do agree it's more in depth in the book. People can get that. We'll mention later where they can do that. But I do agree it kind of starts with being authentic and being who you are and who you're created for. Because if all of a sudden you're not, you're becoming a hypocrite, you're trying to pretend, you're comparing all these things. And so the root comes back to identifying your strengths, which is what we're talking about here. And one of the things I'm going to encourage people to do, and we've got a little more time here. I'm going to actually ask, we're going to do something cool here. I'm going to kind of share my <laughs> strengths. We're going to have some discussion right. about it. And I think I've, my wife gave me hers and I'm going to let you maybe talk about some things with couples and business people and all that. And uh, Oh, I love that concept. I love that. Just I love the, the, the way it works in relationships and marriages. Yes. It's one of my favorite. <laughs> cool. So we'll have a little fun with that. But what I want to, I want to mention yeah. to the person listening in, uh, before we wrap up, we will get to maybe where they could go do a test on their own, how they can connect with you, uh, those type things. Because one of the things I'm really wanting to encourage with this, this isn't about me necessarily going through my strengths or my wife's or anything like that. I'm really wanting every listener to start dialing in what they were created and, and to be. And I believe that this is a big help for it. And I believe that you could help them. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to mention it here. But uh, are you okay? Can we jump into uh, jump into it. some profiles? All right. Who do you want yeah. first? You want me or, or you want me or glory? Who do you want first? Let, let, let's do, let's do yours. But here's, Perfect. here's the thing. I want to do the thing that all magicians do at the beginning of their show, right? Okay. When they bring a guest up on the show, they always do the same thing. Now we've never met before, right? <laughs> we have, we didn't meet or talk. Like I want people to know this is the first conversation you and I have ever had. And, and glory, I, I would say, I almost don't know it all either. Right. I barely know glory. And so just so people understand, um, where I am with this whole thing. Okay. Let's, let's take, let's take a look at, and I have my notebook head, so I'm going to have to write out. Yeah. I'm more of a visual person, so I'd have to write them. Yeah. I do want to, uh, I do want to affirm that we haven't, I mean, I think, uh, glory bumped into you at a conference. Y'all had a brief chat. Uh, yeah. and you know, someone said, Hey, you need to meet Tim. You need to be on his podcast and all that. So you're correct. I didn't... And they didn't tell me anything about you. They'd said nothing. No, and, and even if they did, no. I probably so, wouldn't remember anyway. <laughs> so I'm looking at the one page kind of like the, the first page summary with my top 10 and all Perfect. the way down to my 34. So what do you want to know? What do you, what do you need? What do you well, need just okay, to have so a conversation? Got, you, this is easy. So you've got one through 34, right? Yep. Okay, so real quick, before we, I break it down, just super fast, your strengths report is broken into three quadrants. Okay, there's a high energy quadrant, which is like 
uh, from what we're going to talk about today is one through 10. And then somewhere in the middle is no energy and what I call it meh, like the, who cares? It doesn't matter. And then the, the bottom quadrant um, would be negative energy or drama. Okay. So where you are energized is in the top and only the top, the middle and the bottom is either boring or physically draining. Okay. So just so we understand it first. So let's start with your top 10. Top 10. Ready? Number yeah. one, strategic. Okay. Hold on. You and I both have that the same at number one. That's awesome. Number yeah. two. Number two, maximizer. Okay. Three. Relator. Okay. Number four. Woo. Woo. <laughs> okay. Number five. Communication. Okay. Uh, okay. Number six. Self-assurance. Okay. Number seven. Ideation. Gee. Okay. Number uh, eight. Positivity. <laughs> okay. Cool. Number nine. Number was, nine. That, was that a wrong answer? You laughed. Was that wrong? No. No. I, I just have emotional responses when I see these combinations. <laughs> and they, sometimes they make me giggle. Sometimes they're intense or shocking. Like, but I, I like yours. Yeah. Mine yeah. is like, oh no, he's judging me. Oh no. <laughs> I know. I get that a lot. I can't help it. I react emotionally when I see, when I hear them. What are, where are we at? Uh, uh, positivity and then belief number nine is that number is that number nine okay yep. and then number ten significance wow okay okay so uh first off right off the bat uh without even going into these first i just want everybody to know these words that gallup chose to to label these strengths very few of them I would say do a really good, accurate representation of what the strength is. So when you hear those words, you really have to like check your thoughts about what those words mean at the door. Because one would think that a person who's high in relator enjoys relating to people. The truth is they don't. They actually prefer to keep the circle really small and only connecting deeply with maybe two or three people. And that's it. So that's why it can be kind of confusing so people understand that. Um, and then what I do is I take a look at the big picture and it looks like you've got quite a bit of influencing strengths here. And so we're gonna go off that. It looks like one, two, three, four, five, is that correct? That is correct. Okay, so five influencing strengths and then um, I don't see anything else here. So we got strategic and ideation and then you've got relator and positivity and then one executing. Okay. So with five influencing and then, so the, what I teach people is what Gallup doesn't teach about is that we don't look, I don't look at each individual strength until I understand the big picture, who Tim is at a holistic uh, view. So big picture, holistic view, Tim is all about helping people get from where they are to where they want to be the way they, the way, a certain way, we'll call it, with Tim helping. Tim, just so everyone understands, Tim is not the kind of person that like just wants to believe that people are moving forward. He needs to see it. He needs to feel it. He needs to experience it. This is why he does podcasting. This is why he asks questions about people's journey because he wants to feel their development, feel their moving forward and so on. Would you say that that's true, Tim? Yeah, that's absolutely correct. And I love to, I love right. to see the results. Yeah, like you almost like need to see the results. And here's the thing that when people who are high in influencing strengths, for them, that if they're not around a bunch of people that 
like if they're not around people that are moving forward, in other words, if they're around a bunch of people that aren't moving forward, the influencers feel like they aren't moving forward. And so it's it's excruciatingly painful to be around people that aren't moving forward or people that don't want to move forward, right? Uh, and so on. Does that resonate? Yeah, it absolutely resonates. In fact, it's it's highly frustrating. And, <laughs> and at times yeah. I could almost not be compassionate when I'm in those settings because it's like, come on, we need to be doing something. So there's a South African term called Ubuntu. And I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but you're going to remember this going forward. Ubuntu in South African terms means I am because we are. Right? U-B-U-N-T-U. And the influencer's biggest nightmare is I can't be unless we are. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> okay, so now that we all get Tim, big picture. Then I can take a look at each of Tim's strengths and start to go, how does this strength honor that desire? And it doesn't matter if that strength is an influencing strength or not. For example, positivity is a relationship building strength. But Tim doesn't use it to build relationships. Tim uses it to be contagiously enthusiastic about helping other people move forward. So for him, positivity shines when he's in an environment where all people are moving forward. And then at the same time, he's very, what I would call judgy about that, which means that if anybody tries to be negative in that environment, Tim's going to be right in their face saying, don't you dare. This had better be contagiously enthusiastic and we must feel this, uh, this big movement. And by the way, it's people moving forward, not a person. Tim is happy to see a person move forward, but he needs to see people groups of people, hence podcasting and so on. Okay. All this resonate, Tim? Yeah, it, it absolutely does. I actually just had a thought that's kind of odd. One of the things that's grieved me in the past mm -hmm. couple of years with all that's been happening is that I feel yeah. as if culture and society has been moving backwards Yeah. with everything going on. And it literally has been draining me and and uh, and it's because I believe I mean, listen, we've had a pandemic. People have been locked down. I mean, I don't want to get into that, but it really has grieved me to a large extent. So you're correct. And so I took it to big picture. But, you know, I like to see that in groups and organizations and companies. And I work with leadership teams and businesses. And I love to see it if we're going backwards or not moving forward. That's tough. Uh, so then since you're talking about going backwards, let's figure out where you are going backwards strength is, which is context. Is that in the middle or at the very bottom? Context is number 32. Yeah. So when you have the thought we are moving backwards, your body literally drains of energy. It's like it's like it's like uh, leaving the car on, you know, with uh, the battery turned on. And when you wake up the next morning, the car is dead. You know what I mean? It's like that. It's like when you are thinking about the past, which is context, right? People who are high in context enjoy looking at the past. You don't, just like myself. In fact, you and I have this in common. We are about doing things in a way that breaks patterns, right? Because that's why you and I probably have strategic eye. We want to mm -hmm. use new patterns to break old ones that aren't working, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, um, so in other words, for you to think that, that we're going backwards, this is draining. And when you're living in that thought, you are no longer contagiously enthusiastic. You are now weird. Hmm. <laughs> right? You get weird. Um, sometimes, moody, sometimes moody and sometimes not fun yeah. to be around, which is no fun if positivity is what I'm trying to 
function. Yeah, and so when we're when I'm looking at your strengths, there's a lot of uh, emotional type strengths like maximizer, relator, woo. These are uh, communication is probably one of the most dramatic because people of high communication love drama. They love like the highs and lows of stories and waving their hands around when they talk. Uh, you know things like that. There you go. Right, we move our bodies with, with our words. Right, it's like the same thing. Um, so what I'm seeing then is that there's possibly the more like I would say strengths that aren't about emotion, which would be like discipline or deliberative. These would probably be low strengths for you. Is that true? You know, at times. Take a look and see if see if they're down there. The, the strength deliberative or discipline. Uh, deliberative is 28. Discipline so is that's 13. Low. 13. Okay. Discipline's higher. That's cool. So, um, so the, for you, structure and routine is about managing emotions routinely, right? Uh, that's great. So deliberative would be low because for you to only make decisions based on facts and figures, instead of taking into account emotions or feelings or even opinions, right? Uh, would de-energize you. Mm. So once again, having deliberative low, it would appear as though for you to overthink would drain you. Would you say that that's true? I think it is. But one thing that's interesting about it, and this might give a glimpse, I think it, I think you were kind of skirting this. I can be very habit-forming discipline, you know, get up at a certain time, do my 100 push-up sit-ups, you know, mm -hmm. do my vitamins, drink my water, do my cup of coffee. But I really would love and desire to be more spontaneous. <laughs> And, okay. and, and, and my wife and I talked about this when we get over to hers here in a moment, but I mean, it's kind of, <laughs> so it's kind of like, there's this little bit of ping pong going Where, on inside of me that I, I see the benefit and value of being very disciplined and all that, but, but I'm not so sure that that's really something that I'm trying to shake and move beyond. Well, is adaptability low? Is that's what you're trying to describe there? Yeah. Adaptability would be, oops, wait, I don't even see adaptability. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not, oh, adaptability is 34. Oops. oops. <laughs> 34. Wait, let's make sure we're clear. Yeah. Everybody knows. Yeah. 30. That's how many of them there are, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Imagine, Tim, if I said, Tim, you're, you're the way that you move people forward um, has nothing to do with going with the flow. In fact, to go with the flow would dishonor your desire to move people forward. Yeah, it would also impact. That make my, sense? It would impact my control because control yeah. is something that I don't know where that is on here, but I and you become less influential that way. Yeah, that would be horrible. <laughs> so what I yeah, so what I would what I would teach you and teach anybody else is like look at your number five and your number one. What is communication? Speaking passionately from your heart. What is strategically? Strategic. Seeing multiple different ways of doing things. Mm -hmm. Okay, speaking passionately from your heart and seeing multiple different ways of moving people forward. And you don't have to go with the flow. Hmm. Just those three right there. How does that feel that's when good. I say those terms? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's right. that I would I would have joy if my world were revolved around that. Okay. So then it becomes okay, well, how do we do that? It, it's for me it's simple you can go with the flow but as long as you are committed that it is honoring your desire to move forward like right here you're in the moment with me right now hmm. because you know that what we're doing here in this moment is moving other people forward right you're doing what actually i'll be honest adaptability is low for me maybe like you i'm kind of a freight train 
once I'm going, I'm going. And even if I'm going in the wrong direction, it takes me a while to slow down or, or dare I say, even stop and change direction. <laughs> right. Um, but you, but we can do it because we're doing it right here, right now. Right. But why is because we're both honoring our desire to move people forward. Right. I've got five influencing strengths, much like yourself. Right. So look at how we can live in the moment. We can be in present. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. And I, the reason it's so fascinating you bring that up is that when I'm doing this, it is like there's nothing going on around me. Many, yeah, no venture many, goals. Yeah, many many times when I'm nothing. doing when I'm doing other things though, I'm multitasking. I'm checking this. I'm bouncing. I'm doing this and all. But I, literally, it's kind of weird with Zoom because I'm having to look into the camera instead of looking in your eyes. When I look in your eyes, it looks like I'm looking down. But when I'm doing this, I'm looking straight into Eddie, and this is what I'm I'm here doing this right now, and I love doing this cool right and that that look at that like all all your audience needs to do is hear you say that i can't do anything but this and it is so fun mm. right and and we're not here trying to focus on any future goals or trying to make money or whatever we're just doing what we love here in this moment how can i do this or something like this just every day <laughs> all the time look at you smiling right yeah I'm like that's all i want to do that's it right i i set up star wars toys and all this other stuff because i like looking at them but once they're set up i'm moving on it's gone i i've got like more things to do and then all of a sudden i'm here boom this is awesome yeah um uh, so when we're when we're looking at our strengths we realize we don't have to be those things that we're not we can just do things this way and then we marry people who are the things that we're trying to be because yeah. they're already good at it, right? So I would imagine, you know, Glory's probably got adaptability somewhere between 1 and 15, I would bet. Let's see here. I'm jumping to hers. Oops, she's got it at 31. 31. Okay, so like Mary's alike. All right. Okay, so she would probably have, let's see, if I were to look at your top strengths, I would say uh, the one that she has high that you would, that she has, sorry, high that you would probably have middle or low uh would be to, to, to do individualization is that high for her uh, 14 there it is it's higher okay so what's interesting you want me to give you hers real quick yeah let's do hers cool all right number one glory is strategic oh cool <laughs> interesting interesting yeah that is interesting but she uses it for differently than you do it is Go different ahead. yes number two achiever okay Number three, responsibility. Okay. That one's low for you, yes? Uh, yes, I believe. So, yeah, I'm 23 on responsibility. I'll, I'll tell you why later. You can, so, don't forget. Okay. Ask me why later. Right. I'll tell you why responsibility is low for you. Go ahead. Number four, she's belief. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Five, five, five learner. Oh, okay. Six, focus. Okay. Seven, Relator. Okay. Eight, deliberative. There it is. Nine, discipline. Mm -hmm. And 10, competition. All right. So she is the list maker between the two of you. Oh, good gracious. Yes. Task, on, task me... on top of task. 
she uh-huh. will her list have she'll, lists. she'll do things and then if she doesn't have it on the list she'll make a list so she could check it off <laughs> yeah yeah you you read that part of my book when i was talking about that yeah. right <laughs> she wakes up every morning there's the, the little scoreboard that says zero on it every day and then like okay i gotta put my she probably she has her list before she goes to bed right oh yeah yeah and then the reason is because the minute she wakes up no time can be wasted because she's already behind there's the zero it's floating I just woke up and I'm behind, right? That's her mentality. And so the way that you move people forward, the joy and the feeling that you get when you watch people overcome, you know, uh, uh, you know, barriers and walls and self-doubt, when you see them, you like, think about that. Imagine a person overcoming fear and self-doubt, someone you've been working with, and they're like coming across and they're standing on the stage and they're, and they're standing on the stage and they're saying, yay, I did it. That feeling that you have in your body is the exact same feeling she has every single time she checks something off of her list. It's the same feeling, even though you and I could never understand how that works, she gets it. And maybe she can't quite understand how you could be so energized by watching other people do things. She, <laughs> she's like, I do things and that's what excites me, right? That's her. Uh, intense executor. She's got more executing strengths than you have influencing, which means she's far more obsessive about getting things done or getting things done the right way than you are about moving people forward. And, and you've got significance high, which means you know what it's like to have God looking you in the eye saying, you are not doing enough, Tim. She wakes up going, I need to get stuff done and the, as little thinking as possible. So she's got like intellection probably at 28 or 29, maybe 32. I don't know. Mm, 16. 16. Oh, oh, look at that. It's in the middle. Okay. So it's boring, right? It's like in the middle yeah. meh section. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that's what's, oh, I forgot. She's got a learner at number five, which means that everything she learns is about better ways to do processes. Um, recommend a book to her real quick. She probably will need this if she isn't read it yet. It's called the 12 week year. Um, it's how to get a year's worth of work done in 90 days. Hmm. Like that's what the book is about. And if she's a learner executor, she's going to go, Oh my gosh, why haven't I heard of that book already? How do I get a there's year's a high, worth of there's work? There's a high done? likelihood. I believe I've seen that. I, I believe she's oh, already impact. Yeah. 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 Come on now. That's <laughs> <laughs> so good. If she has it even better. All right. There you go. Um, all right, brother. So what, what can I, what can we talk about when it comes to these two? Well, well, let's, let's, let's ask some big picture things. Uh, and, and I want okay. this to, yeah, this is obviously about glory now, but let's, let's see what the, uh, what the listener might gather from this. What are some potential conflicts between those two strengths? And then what are some potential, uh, you know, power? I mean, we're both got strategic number one. Is that good or bad? <laughs> Okay, so I'll just go on the big picture stuff. When it comes to um, when, we're, when it comes to what we're about to talk about, it applies to a lot of things. Okay, the idea of using strengths in a marriage is a universal that can be uh, is a universal idea that can be applied to everything. You don't have to be married in order to apply these principles that I'm about to teach. So there's all kinds of marriages. There's you know marriage that you two experience or anybody that gets married, right? But then there's also the marriage between parent and child. That's a marriage right? Uh, the marriage between uh, two people who are running a business together, right? That's a marriage. Which we are also, um, we also do that too. We've actually been running businesses together for almost 30 plus years. And you doubled it up, right? Yeah. So 
it's almost like a layer of marriages. And then if you have children, there's more layers. And then if you do business with those children, oh boy, right? <laughs> so with the when it comes to marriages in general, and that's what I'm talking about, all these types of marriages, it's to understand how your strengths are complementary and not contradictory. The only reason they would be con conflicting is because of the belief that they are, right? Mm. So I can talk about how certain strengths could be perceived as conflicting, and I can sh talk about how they can be perceived as, uh, um, what, I, what was the other word? Uh, complementary. okay? So for example, the obvious ones right here is uh, responsibility and communication. So to answer the question, why responsibility is low for you. People that are high in responsibility like to get to the point. They don't like fluff. They definitely wouldn't be doing a podcast that went an hour and a half. Because they would just say they whatever the, they need to say in five minutes. Yeah, they do the 20 minute deal. Yeah, there's a reason we're long form. Yeah, exactly. So uh, people that hire responsibility get to truth, fact, you know, specifics, no fluff. People that are high in competition or communication love fluff, love to pepper sentences with more descriptive words and bring in emotion and setup, right? If you ask a person of high communication to tell a story, strap in, buckle up, it's going to be a while. But if you have a person with high responsibility, it'll be over in just a second. You know what I mean? So could that be perceived as contradictory, right? Yeah, absolutely. Where it's like one asset, like the person of high responsibility would ask the person of high communication a simple question and never get a simple answer. Hmm. And be like, oh my gosh, can you just get to the point? I've got things to do. Yeah. I'm sure you've heard that many times. Oh yeah. yeah. Right? Okay. And then for you, it's like the person of high communication asks a question and wants more information, even wants some emotion or elaboration, but doesn't get that. They only get one or two simple word answers. Hmm. And it's like, okay, now I feel the need to ask more questions. And then the executor can feel like that's a waste of time. Sure. See what I mean? So those can, on the surface, appear to be contradictory unless you look at the other way, which is the compliment. Uh, imagine a person who can know exactly how much uh, descriptive words to put in and be equally efficient with their communication, okay? All the things that you and I want to be. Uh, you know, someone who can be um, dramatic and fun and energizing, but at, and, and quick to the point at the same time. So that's who you both become when you're, let's say, doing the business together, hmm. right? Or even working with each other because you two are best when one is all the fluff and the other one is all the direct to the point so that the people that you come around in contact with get both. Yeah. Without thinking that one should be more like the other. Right. You become that perfect person who can do both. Everything is complimentary when you choose to look at what you become when you are together. You be you, she be her, and then you are both that perfect person who can do it all. Right. Very good. Right? All right. So one yes. of the things I want to, a little bit more on this, and I'm watching our time. We need to jump off here shortly. But okay. I also work, I'm a executive coach for leadership, leadership teams of companies and organizations. Yeah. And it's real interesting. I look at strengths 
sometimes we also look at weaknesses because we need to fill some gaps. When you've got a leadership team of five to seven executives, you need to find what we're missing. Yeah. But, but Eddie, something you brought up, I think, is probably the most powerful thing. And, and, and maybe this is the root of a lot of this in relationship. And that is to really appreciate the strengths that other people have. <laughs> yeah, they're different. And embrace yeah. it instead of, from a critical standpoint, saying something like, and I know this, this has never been said in my relationship, you've never said it in your husband-wife relationship, something like, you never or you always whatever, <laughs> fill in the blank. See, you've never done that, have you? you, you... No, it, it, <laughs> that's that's where we all just like if you're going to start off a sentence with you never or you always you're done it's done done all right so here's the problem (laughs) sometimes we don't say it but oftentimes we think it yeah and that's i think where we have challenges with appreciating these strengths in others do you do you do a lot of work with uh couples have you done a lot of couples and yeah i i've done marriage workshops only because I noticed this thing that you're talking about. Mm. Um, you know, I, I started out trying to help two business partners work together. And I learned that it's like a marriage, like a real marriage. And then I translated that into marriage workshops. And it ended up being this really life-changing people thing for a lot of people. Um, so every strength is an intense focus on a certain thing. And when a person like yourself, for example, has such an intense focus on one particular domain, which is to move people forward, certain things just don't get done. Like, like I would bet you're the kind of person that can walk by laundry that needs to be done and just not even notice it. Is that true? <laughs> it's sort of true, except I do all our laundry and I do it very uh, disciplined and diligently. So that's kind of a weird, but I'm just curious. I don't but, know. Everyone's but, but, but here's a weird one though, that we've had recently for years, I would have to like the bed would have to be made and all that. And recently I've just kind of gotten to where I don't really give a rip if the bed's made or not. And my wife's yeah. like, we got to make the bed. I'm going, why? <laughs> we live in an RV. Right. We don't, nobody goes back there during the day. We're just, when we go back there, we're going back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. And so when we have an, uh, when we have a focus, it doesn't even have to be intense. When we have a focus on one thing, that means we don't have a focus on other things. And so um, the problem here is that the thing that you focus on, she doesn't focus on. They're not that important to her, but that's why she married you. You know what I mean? <laughs> So that the, the important things get focused on and she doesn't have to do it. But if you if, if she looks at you and says, oh, my gosh, Tim, you just don't worry about whether or not things are done the right way. You're only worried about people and whether they're moving forward. But sometimes things need to be done the right way, Tim. Well, this is the, the thing in, in, in businesses is that, like, for example, I have a company and, and it's for me, it's all strengths based. And everybody in my business only does the things that they are energized by. And if there's something that the company needs that none of us are energized by, boom, that's a new position we get to fill to find someone who's energized by that, Mm. right? But that also brings in a little bit of having to be, I wouldn't say tolerant, but um, uh, I would say appreciated, right? And here's the quick analogy on this. Imagine a dog who constantly barks when anybody walks by the house. Okay. It's, it can be a little annoying and loud and you, the feeling is, oh my gosh, dog, shut up, stop barking. But if someone were to break in the house in that situation, you're like, bark as loud as you can. Cause we need to wake everybody up. We're in danger. Right. And, or yeah. even scare the crap out of someone trying to break in. So 
the, the, the principle here is I must appreciate when that dog barks, no matter what, because that's who the dog is. And so when there's something that a person does that annoys us, there is a strength in there that we can rely on. So we can stop being tolerant of how people do things different than us and start being appreciative of them, even if they're not convenient for us. We can be appreciative because they are so good. That's a side effect, we'll call it, or a symptom of what they're really good at that we lean on. You know, like you need a good numbers person on your team, Tim, but that person's not going to be too worried about people's feelings. And so to tell them to be more sensitive to people's feelings would... It's like telling the dog to stop being a dog. You know, no, it's okay. I get that you, we didn't hire you to be the person we would cry shoulder, you know, your shoulder on, you know, we didn't hire you to be the one to be sensitive. We hired you to be the numbers person. And then this person like Tim, we hired you to be the emotions person. We hired you to be the, uh, you know, to be the inspirational, motivational speaker guy. Does that make sense? It does. And one so, of the, one of the things, that's what I yeah, one of the things that's interesting about that is that I, I, what I picked up on when you were saying that is that, and I, and I know we've all done it, so I'll go ahead and spit it out here. I think <laughs> we're very selective about appreciating people's strengths. In other sure. words, we want that dog barking when someone's breaking in the house, but we don't want them barking and creating alarm just in normal situations. And there's probably a, a lot of things like that. So Eddie, listen, we have gone long. I love it. I could keep going, but what I really want to do now is that uh, I want us to speak to the listener that's going, okay, what should I do next with all this, man? This is awesome. All that kind of stuff. I don't know if you want to direct them to, you know, yes. how would someone begin if they've never been exposed to the strengths, to the strength finders, to any of that? Uh, what, how would they begin? In just a little while, I'll ask people how they can connect with you if they want to specifically get with you, but, but just give somebody a few baby steps to get started. The easiest way start it would be to get my book and i make it extremely inexpensive to get uh as of this recording right now we only have the digital copy because i'm about to create a second edition but get the digital copy and it's very inexpensive to get it you go to unleashyourstrengths.net to get it and then take the assessment and you go to gallup.com to get to do that g-a-l-l-u-p.com and make sure that when you take the assessment that you get your full 34 um, as of this recording right now, it's $49.99 to take the assessment occasionally, but rarely Gallup offers discounts, but I wouldn't wait for it. Just take it. I promise you the 50 bucks it takes to take the assessment and then to get, and then the, the, whatever the cost is for my book right now, it's inexpensive, whatever that cost is. Oh my gosh. To find what's wonderful about you. There will be such a return on investment on that, uh, that you'll forget all about that money. I promise that. So start there. And then the, the book will walk you through what to do next. Excellent. All right. Great. Great. Thanks for sharing that. All right. If, if people want to connect specifically with you, is the book where they do that? Or is there somewhere else you want to send people? We'll include it all in the uh, notes too. Yeah. But yeah. So um, I'm very active on Facebook and pretty active on Instagram. I like Instagram. It's fun, but I'm not super committed in there. Um, if you're on Instagram or Facebook, just send me a Facebook message or an Instagram direct message. I, I, um, I respond to those. I really love having conversations with people who are, especially the ones that are impacted by what I do. So just message me on Facebook or follow me on Instagram. Excellent. We'll include down in the notes, the uh, link so people can do that. Eddie, 
Again, man, what a great conversation. I love it. We've gone long, but I, I think it's been valuable and been a great tool for, for people to listen to and go back and, and really begin wrapping their head around strengths and how important it is. We are Seek, Go, Create here, Eddie. Uh, I t- kind of told you this. What, uh, which one of those words would be more important, resonate with you more than the other two, and why? That's my final question. Oh my gosh, right now it's create. <laughs> um, I, I don't do a whole lot of seeking uh, right now. I'm, I, don't, I do very little consuming right now, especially in social media. There's so much I'm creating and, I, I, and it's because I, I'm not without ideas. So I've got uh, my second book that I'm about to release in February. And then uh, I've also got a documentary uh, that's about to um, be done. It's called, the Unleash Your, it's called Unleash Your Strengths. It's about this movement. And um, that's going to be a really great documentary that will be coming out soon. And then uh, I've got a new program that's going to change network marketing forever. Uh, and I can't wait to unleash this onto the world and open it up to the top network marketing coaches in the world, which some of them I'm friends with. And um, so right now I'm in straight create mode and I can't, I can't stop. I'm like 2022 is going to be a very big year for me. It'll be what I think will be the first year where I really see my mission making a massive impact on the world. Um, so I'm all about create right now. Thanks, wow. Tim. That's a great question. Yeah, Eddie, thank you so much. If you've been listening in, two things I want to just kind of mention to you. First of all, if you visit seekgocreate.com, you'll see extensive notes. We have detailed episode notes with all the links, all the resources from what we've been talking about here. Make sure you visit there. There's also a place where you can uh, ask questions or put comments in. We'd love to, to see that and hear that. And then one other thing, I kind of mentioned this, I believe at the beginning, but I'll mention it again. If this has been an impactful conversation with you, I believe that it should have been. Uh, If not, we need to have a conversation a little bit deeper. But if it has been, I'm going to ask you to share this. If you're listening to this or watching this on socials, you could share it. We're on all the social channels where Seek Go Create. If you're listening to us on the podcast, take a screenshot, share it with people that you know need to hear that, need to hear this message. It is time for more people to begin walking in what they were created to do, what their strengths are, what their assignment is in this world. And I believe the message that Eddie shared in the conversation that we had today will help with that. So thanks for listening. Appreciate your patience. Until next time, new episodes every Monday. Until next time, continue being all that you were created to be.